Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Huge hour coming your way. Plenty of time for phone calls. Who you got with Bubba is coming up. I got some master's thoughts I need to share, and we need to get to the bottom of a mystery that took place here yesterday. But I want to make one quick uh, further mention about our book, Got Your Number. Every time I have mentioned that there were autographed copies available someplace, every time we put them somewhere, they sell out immediately. So here's the bottom line. We have a very limited number of autographed, personalized copies. So if you want... Happy birthday, Irving, or, you know, happy Father's Day, Freddie, or whatever it is that you may want in an autographed, personalized book. There are a very limited number of those available right now. I pinned the link for that to the top of my Twitter page. So if you go to at ESPN Greeny on Twitter right now, uh, and I'm only saying do it right now because I promise you in the next hour they're going to sell out. So, um, and that's just the way this has gone, and and... I don't even know what to say about that. I'm so grateful and thankful and touched. Um, but that's what's going to happen. And and we will try and get more up. Once that sells out, someone hopefully will get more. And we'll just keep signing them. We're delighted to do it. But if you don't order it now, you won't be able to get one, uh, at least not this quickly. So at the top of my Twitter page, at ESPN Greeny on Twitter, um, you can go and you can order a personalized autographed copy while the supplies are lasting, they will not last very long. In the meantime, there's something that I just want you to know because we have a mystery that we need to get to the bottom of. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. Bubba, we had something weird happen here at the seaport yesterday. I don't know how aware of this you are because you don't work down here, but many people may not know this. Bubba is, uh, in, in, his, in his previous existence, uh, Bubba's now obviously a legend in, in the radio production world. But long before that, Bubba was uh, a very well-known private detective and an investigator, somewhat legendary. Uh, have you ever, you ever hear of the TV show Columbo? Mm. You know, the detective, the Peter Falk. It was, it, that, that character was actually modeled after Bubba. That makes sense. People don't know that, but that's, that's who it was based on. So anyway, Bubba, using your detective skills, a weird thing happened here yesterday. And I'm going to cut to the chase. Mm-hmm. There are people who are suggesting that Rob Lowe stole Mike Tannenbaum's backpack. <laughs> okay. In fact, we think we have confirmed it. Here's, he, I'm going to give you the facts, wow. and you tell me what happened. Rob Lowe, you know who Rob Lowe is, right? Sure. Now, Rob Lowe, in my childhood, was the guy all of us hated. Every boy that was my age hated Rob Lowe because he was the actor all the girls liked. He was the most ridiculously handsome person in the entire world. Hembo, do you even know who Rob Lowe is? Yes, I'm aware. Do you find him handsome? Yes, but I didn't didn't know him at a younger age. Okay, but he was even handsomer then. I'll take your word for it. He's stupidly handsome, and every girl loved him. He was in these Brat Pack movies. He was in About Last Night. He was in St. Elmo's Fire. 
He was in a bunch of movies, and, I mean, every girl you knew loved him. I remember he once came during the presidential election of 1988. He was campaigning for uh, Michael Dukakis, who ran against uh, George H.W. Bush that year and didn't win, but... He came to Northwestern, where I was a student at the time, and he spoke, and then he said, I, I need to come sit. The Dukakis was going to get on and, and do like a, a thing on a satellite, and we were all going to watch. And he said, I need some place to sit. And literally, girls just started screaming like it was the Beatles. All of the women I went to college were like, oh, come sit here, come sit here. I was like, I hate this freaking guy. But anyway, that's who Rob Lowe is. So he was here yesterday. I didn't even know it. How, how was Rob Lowe here, and I didn't even know it? He was here to promote something. He came He's in doing f- a show with his son. He, he was, I've seen press on this. Th- this is what he came in to promote. He was only on KJM. That's all I have for he came, you. He came in. He did the morning radio show, KJM. and Because I would have put Rob Lowe on. No, for sure. I would have put him on this show. I would have put him on TV. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so he comes, Bubba, and he does KJM, and then he leaves. And then a short time later... Mike Tannenbaum freaks out. I mean, loses it because his backpack is missing. And we are looking everywhere. We got everyone on the, on the crew, everyone who works here, everyone who's ever been here is looking and they're searching high and low. We're looking on desks. We're looking under desks. We're looking in the green room. We're looking in the offices. And no one can find Mike T's backpack. And then someone said the words out loud, Maybe Rob Lowe took it. <laughs> okay. And as it turns out, well, I'm not going to give away the ending. What would your deduction, b- being the detective that you were, what questions would you be asking? How would you have gone about solving the case of the missing backpack? Well, I, I'd, I'd like to know who said that because I think that's my first, that's my first suspect. Who said it? Is, You're is the who one who was that? telling me this. The answer. first person to make such a claim, to suspect that Rob Lowe stole the backpack, was Mike Tannenbaum himself. Mm. He, oh, well, he was the one scouring the building and said, maybe Rob Lowe took my backpack. Oh. <laughs> I mean, what, what a, a sentence. sentence that is. <laughs> maybe Rob Lowe took my backpack. But that, so, Bubba, what, what else would you need to know before you would usher or, or you would um, you know, offer a verdict Offer a solution to this mystery. Yeah, well, I mean, was Rob Lowe by himself? Did he have any entourage with no, him? No, there were, there were four people with him. He had an entire... Like, as he, I, I watched him exit the, the premises here. He had two people in front of him and two people behind him. He came... Well, you watched him exit the premises. How Did many he have backpacks? a backpack on him or no? There was nothing on his person when he left. Oh, I think that we established Rob Lowe didn't take the backpack. I, I mean, if, if Hembo's saying he watched him leave and he didn't have a backpack, I'm going to assume Rob Lowe didn't take it. There, but. there was no backpack on his person. But it, it was on, you're saying one of his other people took it? I'm saying that I didn't see him uh, wearing a backpack, and I didn't happen to notice anyone else with a backpack either. Okay. That's Be all I have for you. very vague about this. And so how would you have gone mm-hmm. about, Bubba, trying to solve this? Like, what's the first move you would have made? Well, I think we'd have to, you know, we got to round everyone up and just start interviewing people and break out the, you know, the lie detector test. And just, we, to, we, have to, we have to pause all production. Round for up start- the usual suspects. Yeah, for starters, we have to just go to, immediately to tape programming and just bring everyone into a room and go one, you know, one-on-one, try, you know, put the, shine the light in their face and just start interviewing people. Because clearly, I think it's an inside job at this point. So here's, here's what I would say. That's one option. We could either stop all production 
of all the live programming that is coming out of this building, which at that point would have included the Greeny radio show, yeah. the first take television show, right. any number of other podcasts and radio mm-hmm. appearances that might be going on here, and, and literally stopped everything. Yeah. Or there was one other thing that could have been done, which is someone could have called Rob Lowe and said, did you take a backpack, perhaps by accident? Hembo, is that indeed what happened? It is indeed what happened. And what was the outcome of that question? Bubba, get a load of this. <laughs> Rob Lowe did indeed steal Mike Tannenbaum's backpack. Rob Lowe took Tannenbaum's backpack. Wow. That's an all new. We've been here five years. This was a day where former President Trump was like four blocks away being, being uh, whatever he was out yesterday, arraigned, indicted, whatever it was that happened to him yesterday. There's protesters as far as the eye can see. Right on both sides, everyone's chanting and yelling. You're kind of walking around trying not to be noticed. You can't get anywhere in the traffic. All this is going on. And in the midst of all of this, Rob Lowe stole Mike Tannenbaum's backpack. <laughs> what do you make of that, Bubba? That's, that's unbelievable. That's, uh, this did, happened. I, I mean, I, I can't really even understand it. I mean, this did, is what happened, Bubba. Why? Did My, you, yeah, what was his explanation? Yeah, so, so Mikey, who does our, our seaport ops here, eventually mustered up the courage to call Rob Lowe's represent- representation. Because okay. if, the, if the choices are Tannenbaum misplaced it or Rob Lowe stole it, <laughs> right. you might imagine what the likelier option might be. But after Tannenbaum scoured the earth and could not find his backpack, Mikey calls Rob Lowe's driver. Yep. Rob Lowe claims that <laughs> Mike Tannenbaum's backpack, which had ESPN branding on it, like one you would buy at the gift shop, right. was what he believed to be a gift. I believe this. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now I believe this. I was going to offer this solution, and I will tell you why. This has happened to me. This has happened to me. Are you ready for this, Bubba? Oh, yeah. This even predates you. The second Mike and Mike Super Bowl. Second. The first Super Bowl Mike and I did together was in Atlanta, the ice storm, in January of 2000. The following year, the Super Bowl is in Tampa. And we are there, and we're doing the show from a hotel lobby. Earliest days, early, early days of Mike and Mike. And Golik had a friend who worked, I forget, he either worked for Nike or Reebok, one of the big, um, you know, apparel companies. And that guy came and he brought Mike a bunch of stuff and he brought me a bunch of stuff. He bought me a bunch of shirts and stuff like that, like just like workout stuff, which was very cool. It was very nice. And so I've got it sitting on the desk in front of me. We weren't on TV then, so it didn't make any difference what anything looked like. The Hall of Fame legend Jack Youngblood comes to do our show. And he comes to sit with us. And because he's sitting with us now, instead of two of us in this little space, there's three of us. So Mike and I shove over a little bit. And where Jack is sitting is where I had been sitting. So he's now sitting directly in front of all the the apparel, the shirts and stuff like that, that I had been given. So we do a great interview with him. He couldn't have been cooler. Jack Youngblood is a cool freaking guy. We interview him. We have a great conversation, all that. 10, 15 minutes. Great. Well done. Picture, picture, picture. Shake hands. Nice to meet you. And off he goes. He picks up the Nike or whatever it was, apparel, and just walks away with it because he thought it was a parting gift. He thought this was our way of thanking him for doing the show. And because I'm me, I was too intimidated to say anything so I just allowed Jack Youngblood to steal my workout gear. Time out. Yes. Are you suggesting that if Rob Lowe had stolen your backpack, right. you would not have made that call? No. I'm suggesting that Jack Youngblood is a lot bigger than Rob Lowe. 
<laughs> I'm suggesting that's a mistake you would never make if you had ever seen the two of them in the same room. Jack Youngblood played the Super Bowl with a broken leg. Rob Lowe was Soda Pop Curtis in The Outsiders, okay? There's not a whole lot of comparison to be made in their levels of intimidation. Does that make sense? It does. Why do you think of that, Papa? So do you believe that Rob Lowe took Mike Tannenbaum's backpack because it said he... First of all, why is Mike Tannenbaum walking around with an ESPN backpack? Like he bought it at the gift shop. I know. Well, I... At one point, every employee was gifted an ESPN backpack. Yeah, I have the same one. That said ESPN, so I think that that was the one that we were all gifted. I think Tannenbaum must have gotten one from Pataro. But I at guess. what point would and, Rob Lowe... And he's using it daily. Right, but at what point, Bubba, would Rob Lowe have said to himself, maybe they didn't also give me an iPad? <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I think it makes perfect sense. I mean, these these, you know, these celebrities, these, everywhere they go, Lowe. they're just handed free stuff. And they walk into a room, they're just handed stuff. So I think he just assumed, all right, hey, more free stuff, cool. Uh, he did he not here's, here's a it? bag of ESPN. Yeah, he must not have opened it. It would have had a pencil case that said property of Mike Tannenbaum <laughs> on it or something. He opened his out. Trade Justin Fields. That's weird. <laughs> That is outstanding. Okay, love it. Everything about it. That's exactly what happened yesterday, and it was crazy. Coming up next, we'll explain how the worst thing that happened yesterday was actually the best thing that happened yesterday. That's after this on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greenie today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greenie, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny, with you on ESPN Radio. We are delighted uh, uh, that you are here. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. We come to you live above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Masters Week is upon us. You know I love it. Got a little baseball in the hopper for you here. Another uh, mention, again, that 
You guys have been so unbelievable. The way the book is being received is so gratifying, and the debates that it is creating have been spectacular, and we will um, have more to say about that as we continue in this hour as well, including time for your phone calls. But the book is called Got Your Number. It is available now anywhere you get books. It should be in every store um, in America, every bookstore, and we are thrilled um, with the way so far it is being received. We'll do a ton- Each of us have a, a bunch of press. I'm doing Mad Dog's radio show today. Mm. I'm doing Stu Gotz's uh, podcast today. Now, I know you did that last week, right, with I Stu Gotz? It was a lot of fun. So, yeah, he loved you. He told me how much he liked oh, you. Great. So that should be good. Um, and a bunch of other stuff. So we look forward to that all day. But right now, quick green light. I'm ready to go right now. Green light, green light. with Greeny. Give me the green light. So I said that I thought that the worst thing that happened yesterday was actually the best thing that happened yesterday. And that was Manny Machado getting ejected from a game in the first inning for arguing over a pitch clock situation. And obviously, when one of the best and most watchable stars in the sport is ejected from a game in the first inning, that's bad news. I mean, no one can think that's good, obviously, because, um, you know, the fans pay a lot of money to come out and see a guy play, and and now all of a sudden he's not going to be allowed to play. This is yet another example, I think, of the umpire completely overstepping. Really? Yes. You you don't have to throw a player out for arguing with you immediately. You Hmm. just don't have to. So now we live in a world now where arguing balls and strikes is a, a, a warrants an ejection. Can I ask a quick question mm-hmm. on behalf of every other human being on planet Earth? Why is that? Why does it warrant an ejection? Right. Because we want a lot less of that in baseball. Why? Because the umpire is in a position of authority, and we don't want that person's authority constantly questioned with balls and strikes. So long as that person, and not a robot, is calling balls and strikes— it behooves everyone involved not to make a fuss on every borderline call. Okay, I, I understand it. that. But if I argue with you over something that we and w- over of which we differ, yeah, and it doesn't last ten minutes, I, I fully agree that anything that is holding the game up, and if I'm kicking dirt at you or flipping around my the bill of my cap like Earl Weaver used to do to get in your face, that's one thing. But if I just turn to you and I'm like, man, that was inside or whatever it is that I might want to say, that does not strike me that unless you are an extraordinarily sensitive individual that I have now wounded you to the point where you feel your authority has been questioned, your manhood has been challenged, and you need to throw me out of the game to prove you're the one in charge and I'm not. That's a fair point. And with balls and strikes, I'll meet you halfway there. But in the case of yesterday with the pitch timer violation... Even though you hate to see Manny Machado ejected from the first inning of a baseball game in which many people came to see him play, it sends the kind of message that you want. Yes, it sends, that's why I said the worst thing that happened was mm-hmm. actually the best thing that happened. It sends the right message because one of the very best players in baseball did not last through one inning because he elected not only to not abide by the rules, but then argue about it. And I hate that it happened. It didn't happen in Game 4 of the World Series. It happened on the fifth day of the regular season. And if Ron Culpa, who was the home plate umpire yesterday, is willing to throw out Manny Machado in the first inning of a game, no player is impervious to the same thing. You could make a really good argument that Ron Culpa had too quick a hook. But sometimes you need something to sink your teeth in. And in this case, one of the best players in baseball getting tossed over something that you could easily argue he should not have been tossed for, I actually think sends the right message because it's important that they apply these rules stringently, especially early. Me too. I, I'm I'm going to well I don't even want to make the joke because <coughs> it doesn't really apply in this scenario well enough to be worthy of the bad joke that it is so instead I will merely say 
that sometimes you have to go overboard at first in order for everyone to get the message. And that, I think, is what, it, what is happening here. If you, like, I don't know, your kids are not old enough yet for you to have to instill discipline, but at some point you're going to have to discipline them. And the first time one of the kids does, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to think of an example of something that really isn't that bad, like... I was extremely strict when it came to anything that had to do with driving. There, there was a, there's a vast difference between not getting your homework done on time and, you know, texting while you're driving to go to the nth degree. One of them is merely something I asked you not to do, and the other one is something where you are risking your life and that of others. So if, if the first time, you know, you tell your kids, I want the TV off by 8 o'clock, and you come down at 8.30 and the TV is still on, that obviously isn't the greatest, the, the worst thing that they're, if that's the worst thing they ever do, then, then you're doing pretty well. But the first time they do it, you want to make a big deal. So they understand you're not kidding around. Because mm. if the first time they do it, you say, all right, it's really not that big a deal. Next time, please listen to the rule, but just go on up to bed and brush your teeth right now. They're going to be watching TV till 9 o'clock. Mm. They're going to be watching TV till 9.30. And they're going to just keep doing it until you make a big deal out of it, and they're going to figure out where the line is. Break an egg to make the omelet. So what everybody is now finding out, and Manny Machado was the, the guinea pig, unfortunately, on this, is this is where the line is drawn. You don't fool around with it. This is the rule, and we're all going to abide by it, and there's one simple reason, because it is the best thing for the sport. And we know that for sure. There were 14 baseball games played yesterday the average of which lasted two hours and 32 minutes. There was a baseball game yesterday that lasted one hour and 57 minutes, and these violations are not taking over the game. We've played 79 games this year. There have been 66 violations. You do the math. This is already something that is on the back burner for fans, and by the time we're halfway through the season, we will think nothing of it, not only the fans, but I think the players alike. Way before halfway. You just said it. We're five days into the season. This goes to the back burner way before mid-July or whatever the actual halfway point is. You, th- you, th- you think people still are going to be talking about that every day? I think that there are some older fans that have their heels dug in to such an extent. They've watched baseball a certain way for so long. There are going to be some veteran players, Manny Machado being a perfect example, that are going to take exception to this on a cranky afternoon on a getaway day. I get it. But I do think that it won't take that long before everyone is on the same page. Do you know what's going to... What'll happen is it'll be something that comes up that uh, spurs the conversation. Mm. So I think that four out of every five days, people won't talk about it at all. But then that fifth day, there's a, there's a clock violation that winds up having an impact on the outcome of the game. And that's when it becomes a topic again. Right, right. And that's when you get all of the whining. Oh, you know, they, it can't, they need to be a little more lenient. It can't decide the outcome of the games. Yes, it can. Yes, it can. If you let the play clock run down in professional football and you don't get the snap off in time and you have a five-yard penalty that overturns what otherwise would have been a game-winning touchdown, they don't say, well, you know, maybe we should be a little more lenient. No, that's the freaking rule. Abide by the rule. So I, I, th- that's the next time someone will bitch about, uh, excuse me, will fetch about this and we will just be fine with it. And in and, and football, we'll complain if there's like a tenth of a second difference between when that clock expires and the ref 
we'll call that for a penalty. So I don't see why we can't apply that same level of, uh, to be as particular in this case. And yesterday, by the way, the Diamondbacks won the game 8-6. to six. It did affect the outcome. That's exactly right. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. So let's take a few more calls on this. For those of you who have seen the book Got Your Number, those of you who got it as quickly uh, as yesterday, first and foremost, thank you whether you went into a store and bought it or you had pre-ordered it and it was delivered yesterday. This has created so many debates we're going to give you a moment here before we do who you got to chime in with any issue you had. If you take issue with any of the decisions that we made, we are here for you. You will not get yelled at. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. What do you think we got wrong? We'll hear from you, and then we'll do who you got. Your calls are next on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Greeny, the podcast. Previously on Greeny. To my wife, the menu in a restaurant is a suggestion. Her response is a demand. <laughs> we have now officially defined the difference between a suggestion and a demand. The restaurant suggests you eat this. My wife demands I'm eating that. And if not, I'm eating somewhere else. This is Greeny. So much fun being had around here. That was us yesterday. We'll do who you got coming up in a couple of minutes. I've mentioned uh, if you are interested in a personalized autographed copy of Got Your Number, you need to order it immediately. It's going to sell out fast. They they just have been doing that, as we've mentioned them on the show. You can go to the top of my Twitter page. It is pinned to the top of the page, at ESPN Greeny. 
Um, and you can order your personalized autographed copy, Happy Birthday, Fred, or you know, Happy Mother's Day, Susan, whatever the case may be. Um, Hembo and I will sign those, and we will personalize them, and they will be headed to you quickly, but they are a very limited number. So go ahead and jump in on those. Again, with people now finally getting a chance to see this book and being able to be a part of some of the debates that it is creating, that has been so overwhelmingly the most gratifying thing for Mr. Hembo and myself. So let's hear a few of them here before we do who you got to wrap up the day. Cam, who is our first caller that wants to jump in with a question on the book? We got Ron in Wisconsin. All right, Ron, what is your question slash issue slash thought on our book, Got Your Number? Well, Greeny, as big a Jets fan as you are, if you'd have called Aaron Rodgers and offered to rewrite the book, so he'd own number 12, the deal would be done. So here's what I will tell you. Everyone has been asking me if Rodgers is 12. And the answer is no. This is not my favorite players. If it was a, if it was a list of my favorite players, Joe Namath would be 12. Tom Brady 100% owns the jersey number 12. And of that, there is no debate. However, the next Super Bowl that will be played will be Super Bowl 58. If Aaron Rodgers leads us to the Super Bowl, and we win Super Bowl 58, and we do a sequel, clear that number out. Jack Lambert is out! Out! If Aaron Rodgers wins Super Bowl 58 for the Jets. But right now, there's no way I could give him 12, right, Hembo? I mean, we didn't even we didn't even debate 12 for a second. No, I mean, 12 is the whole premise of the book. And TB12 owns his number, I guess as much so as any player in the history of any sport owns their numbers. We, we spent endless time debating many, many others, but not number 12. I'm, I'm, looking, I mean, I'm looking at some of the notes that we have because, again, the research in this, however much you think you know about Tom Brady and any of the athletes in here, Hembo's research, I'll just give you one of the stats. Bubba, you're going to love this. You want to hear Tom Brady's numbers in the three Super Bowls he lost? All right. In the three Super Bowls Brady lost? He threw six touchdowns. And one interception. Those are his numbers in the three Super Bowls he lost. So it was his fault, you're saying. What I'm saying is, as his now ex-wife said, my husband can't throw the ball and catch the ball. He played well enough to win 10. Tom Brady played well enough to win every Super Bowl he appeared in easily. Give me another one. I like these. Again, the book is called Got Your Number. It's available now. What else do you have there, Cam? Yep, we got Jake in Cincinnati, the home of Joe Burrow and Fiona the Hippo. Fiona the Hippo displaced by uh, Joe Burrow as the most popular Cincinnatian after a five-year run for Fiona the Hippo. How about that? Uh, okay, what's your question? Hey, what's up, Mike? Uh, I don't got a question, but uh, more of a comment. I, I think that I got a good idea for a spinoff of the book. Maybe a got your number NFL, got your number MLB, and a got your number NBA. So, look, the bottom line of it is, with the reaction that this is getting they're already talking to us about wanting to do a sequel. And I, I've said this before. Look, I've been a professional sportscaster for 30 years. You know, I, back, going back to the Mike and Mike days, you know, we had a pretty big platform. I could have written a sports book a long time ago. I never did because I never had a good enough idea. When this idea came to me um, and I called up Hembo and we decided to do it, I was thrilled to do it. And, and it, was, it is my first sports book. I'd love to do another one, but I need the idea this book is meant to be the final word on the ownership of these numbers. You don't need one just for football or one just for baseball or basketball. It wouldn't be nearly as interesting. Um, 
so I need a good idea. If someone has one, I'd love to hear it. I, I do not. We, I would like to do another one of these books going forward, but it wouldn't be that idea. Exactly. I was just watching on Twitter and I posted it myself. I was on with a couple of guys in Toronto yesterday. Really good conversation. And when it was done, they got into an argument about who was number 100. And they were saying, well, no one wore 100. Who could be number 100? And they were debating 100. And I'm watching it. And at least the clip that they posted, they never guessed who was number 100. I feel like number 100 would be pretty easy Me to too. guess of all the ones. Um, like, like when we came up with that one, we both went, okay, perfect, and move on. But that's one of the beauties of this. See if you can try and guess. Who do you think we made number 100? That's part of the fun of this. And then after you get past the debate part of it, who we gave it to, then it becomes about the history and all the stats and facts and information that Hembo was able to dig up. Give me one more call, Bob uh, and Cam. Jason in Florida. Jason, go. What do you, you want to get into here on Got Your Number? I love the show, Green. I was actually already got the book ordered and everything, but I was listening to the conference call with Matt, uh, with, with Mad Dog and, and Ryan Clark. Yeah. Only problem is you say Pele, but it's Pele. So it'd be like saying Baby Ruth. And it just sounds, you know, like you're coming from Mars to any baseball fan. But so when you're promoting, just, you know, I might want to look into that. It's almost as bad as Juan. Almost as bad. But what did I say? I, I'm having trouble hearing him. What is he's he quibbling over our pronunciation of Pele? Oh, of Pele versus Pele. How, how are you? Say, it, it should be Pele. Yes, Pele. Okay. The accent is on the wrong syllable. So, so the, the 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 emphasis was on the wrong syllable. Thank you. That my my old orchestra teacher used to say that. Thank you guys for the calls. I want to get uh, who you got in here, but we'll keep doing these as we go. So Pele, I've always pronounced it Pele. Me too. He came to New York when I was a kid and played for the New York Cosmos uh, of the old North American Soccer League. And his daughter, Kelly Nascimento, became my classmate at, 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 in school. I went to the United Nations International School when I was that young. I believe it was, I was in fourth or fifth grade when Kelly got there. And um, so I knew his daughter, and so we knew Pele. We would see him. He would come to school every now and again. He came and did like a clinic. So, I mean, Pele was a... It's very hard to put into words now the magnitude of his stardom in the 70s uh, and, and even in the 60s, at which time I w- was not old enough to remember it. Um, but uh, so I, I appreciate that. If, if, in, if in Brazil, if in the Brazilian Portuguese, um, they would say Pelé, then, then I would like to say it properly. Um, but, but that is who we chose for number 10. And I have gotten a, a, more than a handful of people that asked, well, why did you choose Pele over Messi or over Maradona? And not to speak for you, Greeny, but like the history of the, these sports and of these figures and of how long their legends have endured was so incredibly important to us. And that's why even though Lionel Messi among contemporary fans is considered the greatest soccer player, perhaps even of all time, there, in my judgment, is no question who the greatest soccer player of all time, and it is Pele. Who, who was... The most important one. No doubt. First of all, Lionel Messi wears the number 10 because Pele wore the number 10. That's first. Second of all, he made that number legendary. The best player in soccer always wears the number 10, and the reason for that is because it was Pele's Mm -hmm. number. Okay? So that's first and foremost. 
Um, Again, I don't want to start giving all these things away, but I've told you uh, who we chose. Let me read you something very quickly from the chapter on Pele, because my nephews are the same. My nephews are big fans of soccer. All these kids that age because of FIFA, they all love soccer. And they were like, Uncle Michael, you have to go with Messi. Messi is a greater player. I can't sit here and tell you who was the greatest player. Here's what I can tell you. In 1999, Time Magazine released a much-publicized list of the most important people of the century. That list included three athletes, Muhammad Ali, Jackie Robinson, and Pele. So that was good enough for me. <laughs> um, and, and so that, but that's the kind of stuff that is in this book. And we are so gratified that you um, are so far enjoying it so much. And, and, and the, I'll be on a bunch of shows today. So will Hembo. And we'll continue talking about it. But we have some uh, greeny business to finish up here. And it's time for Mr. Bubba. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right. I'll say it. Who you got? All right, who you got means it is time for Bubba to ask a series of hard-hitting, provocative questions. And whether I'm ready to or not, it is my job to answer them. Mr. Bubba, take it away. All right, and first things first, uh, I've requested uh, the return of Nuno to come in here so we can get the official pronunciation from uh, Mr. Soccer himself, Nuno. Mm. So we'll and, get, and, we should get an answer. And soon. while not Brazilian, he is Portuguese. Exactly. So, so there he are should know. There are different dialects, obviously, and, and languages. But but Nuno, go ahead and, and just say well, he's the not, name. He's not here yet. I've oh, re- oh, okay. I've requested his presence. We'll get him in. His, so his, we'll his name was um, Edison something de Nascimentos, uh, is, is his, was, his, was his name. Um, that I, I know, but I but, but let's let's hear the there pronunciation. There he is. He just walked in. So hop onto a mic and say the soccer Se- player from Brazil's name. How do you pronounce it? You mean Pele, or you say Pele? Well, we just had a caller. I always say Pele, and we just had a caller call in and say that I'm saying it wrong. That it's Pele. Yeah, that's how I say it, Pele. It's Pele on the second mm-hmm. syllable. Yes. Okay, I want to say it right. I mean, I would never, under any circumstances, disrespect one of the great legends of all time or anybody. I want to say his name right. Uh, so okay, so it is Pele. We stand corrected. Thankfully, the book is written. Actually, I did record the audio book. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm going to have said that wrong. <laughs> it's av- it'll be available the first week of May. All right. Thank- and good to hear from you, Noons. Yeah, he's gone already, but uh, we've moved We're on. We're probably better for that. Well done. A- anyway, uh, Who You Got brought to you by Granger, and we'll start with some baseball here. After winning three of four from the Marlins, the Mets have lost two straight to Milwaukee, including losing 10 nothing and 9 nothing to start the series. I'm going to opening day tomorrow, so should Met fans be concerned who you got here? I will cede my time to the esteemed gentleman uh, seated to my left. Should the Met fan be worried right now, yes or no, Hembo? You, you should be worried. You should not be panicked. Max Scherzer gave up home runs on back-to-back-to-back at bats yesterday. Justin Verlander's on the IL. Carlos Carrasco's velocity was down and got hit around. 60% of your rotation, Bubs, is collecting Social Security. They should be just fine. But that is a risky proposition when you have a starting pitching rotation that is that old. I think they'll be fine, but I would definitely be mindful of those things early in the season. Bubba, what's next? Sunday was National Peanut Butter and Jelly Day. Are you pro PB&Js? Who you got? I mean, is anyone anti-PB&J? A weird question. I will say this. I'm very specific about my peanut butter and jelly. How so? Which is to say I do not like it if the bread is not toasted. I, I, I do not like PB&J on, like, soft bread. Like, I, I, I feel there's just something about that I do not find satisfying. Huh. I like the bread toasted. And I also do not like it if you over-J. 
I think the J should be an accent. I don't want too much jelly on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. The J is more of an accent piece. It adds sort of a tangy sweetness to the peanut butter. So I like I like a toasted peanut butter and jelly, heavy on the P, B, a little lighter on the J. Give me a percentage, a ratio. Like eight to two. Wow. Heavy. Wow. Like, like I will pile on the peanut butter on one side of the bread, and then you got to wipe the knife off. Then you got to go to the other side of the bread. You got to just put a thin layer. Why do you have it's to wipe the knife layer. off? You don't want to stick the peanut buttery knife into the jelly. You're eating the same thing together one minute later. But, but what if you're going to then use that same jar of jelly to make something else later, and now it's got peanut butter in it? What other purpose is there for jelly? You can, you've never in your life gotten up in the morning, made some toast, and just put jelly on it? Not without peanut butter. In your life. Not, well, You've in, never eaten jelly without peanut life. butter. You're a lunatic. Uh, Bubba, uh, uh, tell me I'm wrong on this one. Who the hell has never eaten jelly? Yeah, I mean, I, I toast with jelly, I, I don't put peanut butter on it. It's I, a staple. You can yeah. put butter in jelly. You never heard of butter and jam? That's like a thing. No. Exactly. I don't know what, I don't yeah, know what he's talking about. I, I've heard of it, but I'm with Hembo. I often Thank don't you. have the jelly without the peanut butter. Of course. It serves no other purpose. I don't mind getting a little jelly in the peanut butter. Like if you go jelly first on the knife and then you go in the peanut butter, because I'm never going to have the peanut butter without the jelly, but I am going to have the jelly without the but peanut it's re- butter. No one has ever made a PB&J by applying the jelly first. Ever. Well, hence the wiping off of the knife. I mean, I'm glad that you're finally catching up. Uh, time for one more. Go, Bubba. Ridiculous. Yeah, such a weird question. We spent nine minutes on it. <laughs> Who you got brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickranger.com or just stop by. Uh, Pablo Picasso died 50 years ago Saturday. Who you got is your favorite painter? Oh, that's so good. I mean, it, it's so hard for me to say. Picasso has got to be right up there. Leonardo da Vinci has got to be right up there. Edward Hopper has got to be right up there. There was an Edward Hopper display. By the way, just if I said Pablo Picasso died 250 years ago, I mean, maybe not for you because he died when you were alive, but to me, if you told me Picasso died in, the 1720, in 1725, I would believe it. That, you know why? Because you're an idiot. I mean, Pablo Picasso was relevant, extraordinarily relevant into your lifetime uh, or close to it. All right, I'm running out of time to explain all this. We'll save the for next week. Your favorite painter. Or out of time. for listening to Greeny the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.